What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. This is episode 128, a Monday rundown, actually on a Monday. Sean and I jumped right in, and we talked about his Alabama Crimson Tide and their crippling loss this week in college football. We went up and down college football after that. Then we moved on to the NBA. We went up and down the league. We talked about the locals and some of the rest of the news going around the league. Following that, we talked to MLB. guys welcome back to sorry to interrupt we're here for a monday rundown it's one that tom's really excited about go tigers go tigers um go tigers i'm not all that happy uh it was a rough go sports, Jets. it was a rough rough sports weekend for me um how does it feel that basically jamal adams just he fucked he literally bent over and fucked whoever was trying to block him and then saquon he, and then he went back and he said, I'm not done with you, Daniel Jones. And he bent him over and spanked him like a little boy. And he took the ball from him. Yep. And he put up that meme after, which I thought was all in good fun. Oh, it was. It was pretty hilarious. Yeah. And, and Jesus Christ, that was an incredible play. Former oh. LSU Tiger, Jamal Adams. That's right. Um, yeah, they, it just continued to haunt me. It was a rough sports weekend for me. Um, but you know what? We're here to talk about it. So we might as well start off with the... Uh, with the obvious talking point, which is LSU 46, Alabama 41. Bama came back to make it close, but it really wasn't all that close. It was a 20-point game at the half. Um, you know, did you hear the post game from, from Coach O? Yeah, I did. He said, fuck Roll Tide or something yeah, like that? Yeah, this is it. our fucking house now or whatever. And, you know, it's the first time they've beaten them in, in eight, since uh, 2011, and it showed. I mean, they came out there... Um, it was interesting to see what Tua was going to do. And, you know, the game starts, Alabama gets the ball, and they are marching down the field about to score, and Tua just, he's going to slide, and he just loses the ball. And Tua's when that hurt. happened... Wah, 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 wah. Oh, yeah, no, he's hurt. I mean, it's obvious, but... Yeah, whatever, dude. He, he's... They waxed you. I'm not saying they didn't, but are you really telling me that Tua was 100% in that game? No, Tua is not 100% yeah, in that game. Yeah, you're just being a clown. I, LSU smoked him. Um, I, but Alabama, but clearly Tua wasn't healthy, and and when when he fumbled the ball, which was so uncharacteristic of him, especially at that point, and LSU marched right down the field without any kind of hesitation, and Bama causing you know penalties and missing tackles. Saban said in his press conference today that the coaching staff counted 25 missed tackles. Um, well, it's a young defense, and that's what you get. It's for a, a young, young defense. defense that that was not prepared for the run pass option extravaganza of Joe Burrow who just won the Heisman last on Saturday. Absolutely man and couldn't make it out Ohio State. He sure as shit can make it at LSU. He killed it. Last year he was a pedestrian player but this year he has come out and made him in my opinion, a first-round draft pick. A, f- a first-round draft pick, dude. He's going to be a top-two pick. I I absolutely agree with that. Um, and if it wasn't for Sammy D just playing so well yesterday, I, I wouldn't mind him on my team. Um, listen, I think LSU, and I don't give a shit what Ohio State does the rest of the year. I, they won seventy-three to fourteen against Maryland. They could have won, you know, one hundred and seventy-three against Maryland. I don't care. I think LSU is the national champion this year. 
I mean, they certainly look that way. Um, you know, they're they're set up for a crash course date with Georgia in the SEC championship game, and that's going to be a hell of a game because I think they're going to roll them after well, watching that uh, game. Kirby Smart, you know, he'll have time to prepare his defense, and that defense is really, really good on Georgia. So that'll be a great game. Just going back to this one, not in any way, shape, or form done dissecting this. I did think that the defense was going to be a problem for Bama. And I didn't really anticipate it being that bad. But what I certainly took away more so was just it was such an uncharacteristic game from a Nick Saban team. And we said this what was it ready, now, 10 man. months ago after Clemson just destroyed them in that national championship game, you know, causing turnovers, missing tackles, blowing assignments. This is stuff that you don't see. No wonder he couldn't make it in the NFL. From those, you're such a bad guy, from those kind of players. And, um, What's he going to do now? Is he going to go coach high school? No. <laughs> so, um, all right, I've had enough. You've had enough. So, just when you look at this game in a vacuum, it was fully well-executed play on LSU's part from top to bottom. Uh, Edwards, the running back, just made himself a first-round draft pick because he had a day. Uh, we'll see how he did. I, I think he's going to fall to the second. But I don't know, man. I mean, that was, I mean, you want to talk about a guy that just threw, ran I mean, all over Burrow him. upped his draft stock. This Edwards kid, I mean, he was... He skyrocketed. I, I, he, that's a guy that nobody had probably really even heard of, and he had a day. Their defense was flying around. Delpit made plays. Uh, two, obviously, not 100%. And, you know, the repercussions from this kind of game is going to be interesting when you get into the polls because I expect Alabama to fall out of the top four. So, Alabama is definitely going to fall out of the top four. Obviously, Penn State is definitely going to fall out of the top four. I think they're done. I think they're Yeah, they're done. All but over when you talk about games that matter in the national championship. Alabama, in my opinion, is in the worst position you could be in all the sports when it comes to making the playoffs and everything because you're rooting for other teams to lose instead of the, the, the destiny being held in your own hands, and that sucks. I think Alabama needs at least one, maybe two teams to lose. Well, what they're banking on is... What you're banking on. You're holding out hope. Yeah, you know, what, you're a fan. Of so course. You cry course. about Kyrie. So you cry about all these other guys. Yeah, so you're so, a fan first. I can see it, Sean. Me, I'm a negative fan. You, 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 like you just talked about how Sam Darnold is now your baby boy again. He's and always my baby boy, but you know I'm pick. a negative guy. That's yeah. just how I you're am. You're a very negative you're guy. You're just a defender. You're an Eli defender. Mm-hmm. You're, you're a Kyrie defender. Yeah. Which is a little more reasonable, but Kyrie's lost his mind, and we're going to talk about that later. Shocker. That story's been totally blown out of proportion. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's, again, you do defend your team for the most part. I'm I not don't. defending the Giants. Well, shut up. You don't have anything to defend your teams about. They're I can't so even bad. defend the Yankees. I call them to the carpet every time I get the chance. I know. And that, and you know why? Because you're such a negative bad fan that you can't even enjoy a little shred of happiness. I'm a fan. You, don't have, you can't so even enjoy a little bit of happiness with your teams. No, I, and I can't. And, and, so and that's back sad. To, back to the task at hand here. I I think that Alabama, me being a huge college football guy over the past, what, month and a half. You're such a clown. Um, realistically, though, they, they need to root for some teams to lose. See, if you would just let me finish my point instead of screaming about fandoms and whatever, I'm saying that they, so, don't, have, that's they don't have much of a shot, but what you have to hope for, to your point before you decided you didn't want to make it, is that you need Ohio State to lose to Penn State. Therefore, you know, make, putting them as a one-loss team, and then you're stacking them up with maybe an undefeated Pac-12 team. And 
because if Oregon, Oregon already doesn't have a shot because they, you know, I, I have a feeling that when I look at them, they've lost, they've lost and they're, they're just not all that impressive. No, I mean, Utah's they're lost. And, and so what are you really going to do out in the Pac-12? Nothing. Oklahoma lost to Kansas State. That's a loss that you're not getting up for. Kansas up State's Remember last year we saw Ohio State lose to Iowa and that was their death sentence. We've seen one loss teams get into the national tight, uh, national football playoff before. Yeah. So again, it's going to come down to, okay, if all of these scenarios work themselves out, what's the more impressive team? I think that their work is pretty much cut out for them. They still have to beat Auburn, who's a really good team. They have to win. I mean, obviously, they have to win every single game. They have to not only win the Auburn game, but like beat the shit out of them. So let's talk about right now the college football playoff. Clemson's obviously in there, so everybody who was all up in arms last week, Clemson, that was going to get figured out. LSU's number one, Ohio State's number two, Clemson's, Clemson's three. number three, and then you're probably putting in what? Hmm. Who's the fourth team? Probably Georgia. Georgia you're put Georgia in there. <laughs> what are you going to put? Alabama. No, I was thinking about a, a, about a team like Oregon. I think Georgia. Honestly, they're just a much better team. Oklahoma? No, no, no. You can't lose Kansas State the way you did. That's the tough part. So I think Georgia gets in there. We're easily. fighting to see who's going to be that fourth team. Georgia lost to LSU. Mm-hmm. That's the only team they've lost to thus far. The number one team in the country. Who who did Oregon lose to again? Wasn't it Auburn in week one? Auburn. Okay, who we're not even talking about to make it in here. I think I think Georgia. Or did they beat Auburn? They might have beat Auburn. I can't remember. But either way, I know for a fact that you're struggling to find a fourth team. So. Whoever that fourth team is going to be, it's going to come down to just style points and who's playing the best at that time. I mean, you can even I now Penn State's out, but let's say just, you know, hypothetical Michigan or um Minnesota wins the Big 10 outright and beats an Ohio State or a Penn State again in a uh in a in a Big Ten championship. So, now what are you going to do? I mean, there's so much that can play out from now to then. Just finishing up on this game, LSU had their moment. They are by far the best team. Coach O had that team ready to play. I was shocked with how much they just took it to Bama. And um, I give them a lot of credit. They were the best team on on Saturday. And uh, it was it was tough to see, but I, I certainly didn't leave that game saying, oh, you know, Bama. Sometimes it's better to just get spanked because you know – Okay, it's not like you fucked up and and you had all these little possible chances to win. They were not going to win that game. This will be Bama's first year outside of the playoff, in my opinion. Yep, I I think this is the year. Now, the real questions have to be asked. I know you weren't with him, um, your best, your BFF. Oh, Frenchie? We'll just call him that, but was there a long phone call? Was there a FaceTime with tears? No, we were just texting during the game. A big hug when you guys got back and you cried, maybe a kiss on the cheek, just a subtle kiss on the cheek, just to let him know you're there for him. No, no, I'm sure. But, you know, it's just so great that you take all this time to think about these kind of things. It's, uh, this, I don't, you've got such a fucking weird mind. This doesn't take me any time, baby. (laughs) I know, clearly. You're just waiting for it. It's like you've got some kind of, uh, sick appetite for it. No, we were texting during the game. It was like, pushed together the beds last night and and just had a cuddle slash. Yeah, that's obviously what happened. Yeah, figured that. Yep, yep. Because well, well, that's, what, for that's what you want to hear. So if that's what <laughs> you know makes you really happy inside. Then was I'll tell you whatever you want. Of course. Yeah, it was. Get the fuck over it. Uh, this is like Boston sports fans. I don't want to hear any of your shit. You've been in the playoff how many years? 
it doesn't mean you can't be upset when the team loses, bro. No, it does. No, it For doesn't. Me. For me. Your rules are the dumbest rules I've ever heard. I've been an Oklahoma State fan since I was born. You don't matter <laughs> for any kind of judgment on fandom or how to feel about games. I, I am the judge, the jury, and the executioner No, you're not. You are, you are the clown. You no, are no, the no, sideshow no, no. clown when no. it comes to making I up. I make decisions on fandom, and I will tell you whether or not you can be upset. No, Dodgers fans, they can be upset. They can definitely be upset. No, you they haven't don't. won a World Series since what, 1984 or something like that? Was that? They could be upset. The Dodgers fans. 88, I think. Yeah. Whatever. They could be upset. Mets fans, you're all right to be upset. You Alabama fans, we're going cross sports here and into college? No. You guys can't You can be absolutely be upset years. if the you team you root for loses. No. You have a 20-year grace period till you could be upset. Saban has to be in the ground for at least 10 of those years. For how does upset. that how does that have any logic because to it? Because I make the judgment. No, 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 no I just want to hear the I want to hear the rational behind it. Because you guys have been in the playoffs. Then why for then why even care? Year. Then why even be a fan I don't know why, why you even watch care. games? I I don't. I don't understand. I mean, it's every single year you guys are in there. Finally, I get a year where I don't have to hear about this Alabama bullshit and if they make it in, I'm raising hell. I'll tell you that right now. Why, you think the Pokes should be in over them? No, I don't think the Pokes should be in ahead of them. They lost to Texas. They did have a nice win against TCU last week. I mean, that that was great. They have a bye week this week, but... I mean, they're going to So what you're Kansas. basically saying no, is... of course the Pokes should not be in. And So what you're basically saying is if you root for a team that has won or then you have absolutely no reason to ever be upset no, about listen, them losing. you can be upset, but I just don't want to hear that, oh, two wasn't that hurt, oh, two, two is clearly hurt. I don't fucking care. You guys have won so much over the last few years. Okay, so, so what you're basically saying is, is we're, not allowed to have, we're not allowed to have facts. We're not allowed to talk intelligently. No, 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 you no, want no. to just have... Be... No, no, no. What you're saying is, is you want to do a podcast where basically you just get to decide how emotions are and that we're not going to talk about any actual facts. Fine, you put a gun to my head, yes. All right, yes. I'm taking over the pod, and I am determining, I am the judge and the jury, right. and the executioner of how you can feel about your teams, because I don't want to hear any more crying. You've had a great run. It's been fun. Saban looked like he didn't know what was going on. Okay? Literally all, that's literally what I said. I'm not disagreeing with you, but I don't so, want to So what is the point that you're trying to make? Is that you? I don't feel bad for any of you guys. I'm not asking for your goddamn sympathy. You already did before the pod started. No, you said, I didn't. I had a bad week, man. Take it easy on me. That's not at all what happened. See, now you're just saying <laughs> fucking bullshit. You know what? You're such a fucking asshole because you don't even know how to be a fan because you. the only thing you do is you say, oh, well, I, it sucks and my team suck and I'm negative and blah, 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 blah. And yeah. if I just continue to say that, then I don't have any right to be happy because I know I'm not going to be happy. I shouldn't be happy. I agree, and I and I hope that you're never happy because oh, you're a bad guy. That's rough. You you're know, a I really, really bad guy. I was rooting heavily for Alabama. I was like, all I want is for Sean and Frenchie to be. You've happy. already said that you weren't. You've nice said about five times when you come that back you really and you're telling you yeah, I missed so you so, now, so much. So this is wrapped around some kind of weird like fantasy world that you live in of me and Frenchie. So uh, come on, it's not a fantasy, but. With that being said... So you want it to be reality? It's not a want. It's a fact. <laughs> but with that so being said... So now you said, want to bring in facts? You're <laughs> such, you don't have any kind of basis for any kind of conversation. Well, no. The, the relationship any kind thing of is, conversation. A definite, is a definite fact. Have you had your fun... 
Because on Wednesday, we're going to talk Jets Giants. And do you actually want to talk football? Or do you just want to talk about how I'm not allowed to uh, be upset that the Giants lost and that you can be upset that Sam Darnold is now a first ballot Hall of Famer because of what he did to a Giants defense that's the worst in the league? About the Giants because they're they're as much of a joke of a franchise at this point, probably as the Jets. You can be upset about the Giants. Of course. They've fallen on bad I can be upset when the Yankees lose. In the ALCS, any other fan base would say you have absolutely no right to be upset about the Yankees because they're in the playoffs every year and give you a shot to win every year. No, so, no we, we're upset. We're upset because they but haven't that won do, since that doesn't make any sense. This is how my mind works, Sean. But, but, but your mind is just contradicts itself over and over again. No, because Alabama Patriots fans, if they lose every game from here on out, they should not be upset. You can be upset if your team loses. Warriors, you root for a team. Warriors fans. You can have. No. You can take a step back and say, okay, yeah, it's been a great run, and overall, it's a real. It's still really fun to be a fan of the team. But if you're not going to get upset when they lose, then what's the fucking point of even rooting for a team? Listen, bro. All I'm saying is, you guys have no right to be upset. The I slam the hammer. That's, I want to make that, noise, but your logic doesn't make, hold up for anything. It doesn't matter. I am the czar of this. You're not a czar. I'm the pain czar. You're so, and you should no, not feel any pain. You don't have any basis for your actual arguments at all. I don't need it. That's why I'm the czar. You know, one day, you're, one day, like all dictatorships, you're going to be overthrown, and it's going to be a beautiful thing. Never happened. Not in my life. It's absolutely going to happen. Nonetheless, Alabama is still a great team. We all know that. Every you, Alabama fans have a right to be upset. I'm sure you expected to win. Everybody that game. who roots for a team and their team loses, you can be upset, but retrospectively still appreciate what that team is. Oh, stop! Stop it! Whatever. So, stop with that being Sean, said, please stop being smart because that, it just makes me sound worse and worse. Smart, please. Everybody knows I'm joking around here. You guys have a right to be upset, but you look completely unprepared for that game, and this isn't your year. The defense is young. When have I argued that? I'm not. I'm just. <laughs> I'm trying to wrap this goddamn thing up because I'm sick and tired of talking about college football. I thought you. Were, no, 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 no. Because you're a big college football guy now. No, I'm a pokes guy. Uh, that's they play. And in they co- didn't play this week. They play they college football. They though. didn't play this week. Oh, uh, what'd you take from the Minnesota Penn State game? Are you going to say that Nittany Lion fans don't deserve to be upset? They do. They haven't won a national championship since when, like 1992 or something like that, with Paterno. Um, now they they have a right to be upset. Absolutely. Um, I mean, Minnesota looks really good. Penn State, they're pretenders. Yeah, they got picked off in a game that I did actually think was going to be close because Minnesota's played well even though they've played nobody. Till but now. at home, you know, and Penn State could have lost that game against Michigan. I mean, that was a blowout for a long time, but Michigan clawed their way back and actually was in position to tie that game before their wide receiver dropped the pass in the end zone. Um, Penn State is also a very young team, and, you know, some of their deficiencies have – they've made up for in games prior to this but they just didn't make enough plays on the field and and you know their quarterback was hurting there at the end of the game and he he was trying to lead them back and he just couldn't do it there was a drop pass down the sideline um on their second to last possession or actually it might have been their last possession that could have that could have had the fate sealed a little bit differently but i give minnesota a lot of credit they came out like gangbusters um their defense was flying around and um you know, Penn State just didn't have what it takes, and young teams in that kind of environment—that's tough. Team, they were not ready. Listen, I'm sorry, I'm the czar. Okay, I hope you're <laughs> over it, but you can't—you can't cry about this game. I'm sorry, but we already because obviously about- everybody heard me crying. So, 
<laughs> oh, he's so salty, everybody. Now let's continue some salt by moving on to the NBA because we already talked about who you and I both believe. Did you end up going with Oregon? Or I think Georgia should be just based off the fact that, I mean, they lost. The- I'm going to go by eye test in the most recent situations, and I still think that Georgia's a top-four team. They the lost way, to LSU. Exactly. The way I see it, they they lost to the best team in the right. country. And again, that's the that's going to be an argument for people where if the dominoes fall. Now, obviously, again, we'll if, see Ohio, what if Ohio State wins out, there is no argument. If, if Clemson is, is expected to win out, there's no argument. If, if um, you know LSU, even if they lose the SEC championship game, they're in anyway. They've beaten. They two did of the lose best to teams. Auburn, Oregon in week one. Okay, Good game though, twenty-seven, twenty-one. Okay, so I they did like lose that, that game. That's what I thought. And I know Utah got picked off the other week, so they're done. So no Pac-12 team is w- getting into the top four. So although Oregon's been playing well, I have to say, yeah, no, they're. I think what it's going to come down to again though is. I mean, obviously, if Georgia loses to LSU... Oh, they smacked USC a couple days if ago. If Georgia loses to LSU, then they're done because they now ha- would have two losses. Mm-hmm. And one of those losses is to Will South Carolina Gamecocks, who will not finish in, probably even in the top 25, although not they played all. well. So, and so with all that being said, since it's going to come down it, to Alabama, as long as they can take care of business, yeah. can there's still a pretty... You know, I would say less than 50%. The committee's going to have to say, okay, out of everything that we looked at, Who's the team that is who's the most impressive out of the one loss teams? Is it a Georgia team that, I mean, because if Georgia beats LSU in the championship oh. SEC championship, they're, they're both in. Yeah, because they'll have you know split with each other, and, mm-hmm. and there's no way you could justify either of those teams not being the top two teams. So this will be because if Alabama figures out a way to get into this thing, this will be the second time that they didn't go to the championship game and they still found their way into the playoff, which makes me sick, but. But again, again, that's but but that's why you look at a, a conference like the Pac-12 and the and the um, Big 12 is those conferences aren't that good. No, they're not at all. I mean, Baylor might be the only other team, but does do people really want to see Baylor? Remember, this is a television show. This is an event. So when these people in the and are voting and they're looking and they're coming up with this panel and and decision, are they going to say that an Alabama team who lost to the best team in the country when their best player was banged up by five was one of the is doesn't deserve to be in? That's what's going to they're going to decide. Or are they going to say nope? You know what? Nobody wants to see Baylor, but they deserve to be here. Or nobody wants to see Penn State, but you know they deserve to be here, particularly if they beat Ohio State. So yeah, it's there's just That's so many week, things right? that are going to come down. In the next couple of weeks, that we're mm-hmm. gonna have to find out. If you put a gun to my head right now, Alabama's not in. Uh, they're gonna go with. Where they're gonna go with another team, particularly again if Georgia beats LSU, because those two teams split. They they cancel each other out, and then you put in Clemson and Ohio State. Absolutely. Right now, I have Georgia in, but again, we're gonna have to wait for that championship game yep. to really see what happens. And all kidding aside, LSU put up a hell of a game, and they, you know, Coach O. If you if you're a fan of college football and you're and you're not a fan of Bama. This was a game that made you very happy because a traditional Bama team would have taken care of business, and they just—they're not a traditional Bama team. Oh, here we go. So here we go with the excuses. All right. Well, they lost, nonetheless. Coach O, go Tigers. Sports Czar has spoken. Sports Czar. Sorry, is about sorry. To be sports. Overthrown. Sports feelings, Czar. I'm not a full-on sports Czar yet, but I am definitely uh, sports feelings. A man of the people. And I'm a man of how everyone should feel. No. All right, not. so moving on to feelings. Moving on to Kyrie being and his feelings. We'll talk about the NBA now. The Nets are at 4-5. and five. They lost to Philly. That's a game, Phoenix. I mean, 
I'm sorry, Phoenix, my my fault. They probably should have beat Phoenix. Losing to Philly doesn't taste that bad, but Phoenix has been playing really well. Oubre and Booker um, seem to have a little one-two punch out there, um, and that game wasn't close. Oh, my God, they got killed, and that was after they they went down to the wire with Portland on Friday night and beat them. Um, they're four and five and they're an inconsistent team. The things that have me worried is their defense. Their what defense did, is absolutely awful. What did you have them as? I mean, I'm the NBA. I'm the I had them as the three expert. I, I think they're going to fall right where they belong as like a four five. Yeah. And you know what? That, that very well could happen. I mean, yeah. if they play defense like this, Ugh. it's, it's absolutely well, terrible. I mean, listen, their leader has never really been known as a defender. Kyrie's no, not Kyrie's but, but, not the, the but what I'm fire. seeing is is you know guys are just missing assignments. And I mean, Jared, Jared Allen, Allen has lost. been a turnstile. He's played a little bit better in the last few games, but the he's going to turn it around. But uh, he honestly he was unplayable for a, for a short. It, the first three though. games of the year, I mean, actually four. I mean, you couldn't have him on the floor because at least you could say before that he blocked shots, but he, he's been lost. He's been grabbing guys and timings off too. Yeah. They don't look good. They're, they're missing a boatload of assignments. Fortunately for them, they're scoring a shit ton of points. So they've been able to win a couple of games, but their defense is really bad. They've got to get that cleaned up. Um, Karis Levert has a sprained thumb. He's out tomorrow at Utah. We'll see how long that lasts. I mean, these are things that you expect teams who are, not familiar with each other to to go through at certain points and usually it happens early in the season we've seen a couple of other teams just not quite blend the way we thought they would and you know if, if the Nets are a good team which I think we all believe they are whether they're the three seed or the four or five or even the six we believe they're a playoff team so if they are then they'll figure it out and get themselves to the point where they're playing better defense but those are certainly worrisome and the, the other thing that's worrisome is they're losing to teams that they shouldn't lose to I mean, opening night they lose to Minnesota, who doesn't look terrible now, but that's still a, that's still Minnesota. That's not a playoff team. They lost to Memphis on a Jay Crowder buzzer beater. You don't lose to Memphis. Um, you know, they lost to Indiana, who's starting to turn on a little bit now, but they weren't. They were zero and three when they played, and then they just lost to Phoenix. So I know who's been playing really well, but that's still the Phoenix Suns. And I, if you're a team like the Nets who are trying to take that next step, you you expect to win those games, and they got waxed. Yeah, no, things are not things are not looking great. In uh, in Brooklyn, but they still look better than the team in Manhattan. That so do you want to talk garden. about your dumpster fire, Knicks? That I, I mean, dude, I I have a lot of opinions on this, but I got to get them from you. And I know you're beaten down, and apparently that you know you can't even root for them anymore. But if you can, I mean, I still. Root how for do them. you feel about like what in the hell are they doing? Reports by Woj today came out that Steve Mills is already preparing the, the groundwork for the firing. Should be fired. Thank you. Of Fisdale. Well, Steve Mills should get fired, first of all. And Fizzell, they should just completely clean house. Fizzell's rotations, I could go right now to a fucking court in in the middle of whatever town we're in, I'm not going to reveal it, and put together a better rotation than this guy has where he's had all summer to figure it the fuck out. Why are we playing? I mean, I know you signed all these power forwards, but why are they all playing at the same goddamn time? Why the fuck is Marcus Morris still taking these shots? Why is Kevin Knox, who is having a really good second year, still not get playing 14, 15 minutes a game in a 48-minute game that he should at least be playing 25? This team is not going to make the playoffs, so why are you playing guys like this? You should be develop- If you want to be a coach of the future, you should be developing your young guy. Uh, the only bright spot is obviously R.J. Barrett is in the front running for the rookie of the year, and the only reason why I think he's playing well is because he's strictly just too good to be 
you know, overshadowed by this terrible, terrible rotation and terribly coached team. He's just too good. And I'm really happy about it. Don't get me wrong. I think he's a great player and he's going to be in this league for a really long time. But this team is an absolute fucking joke from top to bottom, as per usual. I just don't understand what good does it do firing Fizdale now? It doesn't do any good, but you know what? It seems like they're going to slam the reset button. And, and absolutely just slam it. But my thing is, if you're you're talking about Steve Mills, if you're gonna hit the reset button, you need Dolan. You need to hit the reset button altogether. And I saw a report that he's gonna give Masai Ujiri fucking Phil Jackson money. I would be all for it if he could lure him out of Toronto. Although Toronto has the second best record in the Eastern Conference right now, and they're looking like a, a poised playoff team. Although we're only what like ten games in, but. If you're going to do this, and I agree with you, you shouldn't just get rid of the head coach. If you're going to do it, it's either a full clean house or just keep running it back until the end of the year. We'll talk about our NFL coaches in on Wednesday, but the way I, I feel about this is, listen, this is his second year on a team that was put together very poorly with a lot of question marks. Now, you did draft R.J. Barrett. Kevin Knox does look good. Even Nittlekin has played well. And Trier. And Trier. And Robinson's been hurt. But the way that this team is constructed, my question to Steve Mills would be, okay, what did you honestly expect from this team? If you thought that this was going to be a playoff team or a team that was going to be, you know, in consideration as one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference, you should be removed from your position immediately because... You should be drug tested Nobody, nobody with any basketball IQ knowledge of the situation or just looks at rosters would tell you that this New York Knicks team deserves to be a top team in the in the in the league. I mean, you're out of your fucking mind. And not to mention, I mean, I understand it's cap space and you got to spend it. And you went out and got these guys. First of all, you got a, what four guys? You got Taj Gibson, um, you got Bobby Ju- Portis, Bobby Portis, Julius Randle, and Markeith Morris. All four Marcus of them. Marcus Morris, and what, then you whatever. Are, yeah, but you also they all play the same right. fucking position. Reggie Bullock. Wayne Ellington. Well, aside from that, you sign four guys at the same position and you waste all your cap space. Meanwhile, there could be a team that you could bail out with cap space. And get draft picks. And get draft picks or get, I don't know, let's see if Washington's playing okay, but if they fall apart and they want a completely clean house, I'll take a John Wall if you're going to throw in a Bradley Beal with it. Mm-hmm. Just a clear, just or even cap like two first round picks. Exactly my point, and you're wasting your cap space on four positions. And now, listen, I I love Bobby Portis, and I know Julius Randle is is an immensely talented player, but the the, the reason why I think Fizdale should go, and I don't care when he goes, I agree with you. I think he should go at the end of the season, is because he is not doing what's best for this team, and he clearly is trying to win now with a team that's completely incompetent. And if you want to be here for the long run, you should be developing these young guys and playing them more. Well, I think that that speaks to more of an organizational crossroads, which is more my reasoning for why are you getting rid of Fizdale now? Because if the plan is if the if the goal is to win every game, then the then he shouldn't be playing Kevin Knox in crunch time. You should be playing the guys that give you the best chance to win. If the goal is to develop the young players, which a, it should be, why are these younger, why are these older guys all signed to these deals, who you know want to be t- out on the floor in the in the closing moments of a game, and B, the priority should only be about making Knox, Nadelkina, and Barrett better. You can't have both. 
You know, this is not a this is not a situation where you can develop the young talent and maybe sneak into the playoffs. No, and you I, don't you don't construct a roster this way if that's your goal. So it's one of two things, and we see this in football all the time with the lame duck head coaches. If the goal is to develop a young quarterback, or you know, get a team feel, just get a better vibe around a young team, wins should not matter. It's about do you see progressions. If the goal is to win games and there's not there's not enough talent on the team to win games, the coach is obviously going to put the guys in who they believe gives them a best chance. So this to me is not a David Fisdale plan. And that's not even me as defending him. I don't know if he's a good coach. Right now I would tell you he's not. The reason why I'm not defending him is because I get it that you're trying to put your most talented players in to win games, but your rotations are ridiculous. I don't care if you think that Bobby Portis... Um, fucking Mark Heath or Marcus or whichever Morris brother it is and, and Julius Randle are, are your best chances to win the games. It's fucking 2019. This isn't 1985. Like, that's not how you win basketball games. At all. Period. Especially because I'm not, don't even get me started on Morris. I'm not even going to go there because and I don't he's want, been I don't want scarily, aside from Barrett, your best player. He's the one making all the shots. Big, on a 2-8 and eight team, man. Right, but that's, you know? but that's the thing. Uh, but... So what? So what's the goal? That's my thing. There, That's the there, reason. The goal should be to develop young players, but we're talking about the Knicks here, and it's a complete shit show. And when you expect confidence from an incompetent owner and an incompetent organization, then you're just going to end up angry. And that's and that's my piece is I don't know what coach is supposed to do what if this if this is order from the general manager of saying hey we put together a good enough team in our opinion, to win more games than two, then, and we expect more, then you're going to be gone. Okay. I, I want no matter to, how I, much we might argue with that, if that was the mission statement, then he has to go. And I understand, even if I don't agree with it, I can understand why that would be the, the, the plan. But if the goal is to just see young players develop, how can you do that 10 games in? You can't. So, again, it's an organizational crossroads. Are you trying to be a team that's trying to win? If you're trying to do that, then the better players and the more experienced players are going to get the last shots. If you're a team that's trying to develop and be young and just have a better feel around it, which we both agreed was probably going to be the case. It is the case. Yeah. Then, you know what? Do that, and you don't make any kind of moves. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. You can't take back the moves now. The contracts are signed. It's an ironclad contract in the NBA. There's, there's, they're all guaranteed deals. You can't take that back. Here's my thing. If you can sit in a fucking lie detector and tell me, as Steve Mills, that you think this team is talented enough to make the playoffs, one, you should run for office because you're a hell of a politician, and two, you should be fired on the fucking spot and possibly shot. Strong. Yeah, not not shot to kill, but maybe just shot to wound, just to give you a warning. Okay, I there there's only two ways this can go. You Shoot run him it in the ass or something. Like yeah, that. you run it through the entire season with what you got, and you get another fucking lottery pick, and I have another miserable year. And hopefully, at some point, they throw their hands up and they trade a few of these guys and they develop some players because your cap space is gone, so you can't fucking take on any contracts, get talent or draft picks, and then you fire everyone, Dolan. You fire, you literally clean house because this this organization clearly does not know what they're doing, and you need to get more continuity in here. And that's the worst part because like. Unless it's a Messiah, Messiah Ziri who has shown that he can do this. Well, I mean, he's fleeced the Knicks twice in right. a terrible way. So you might as well, if you can't beat him, join him, right? right? And and he, you know, even aside from just spiting the Knicks, he's also 
regarded as one of the best general managers, if not the best general manager in all of the NBA. So uh, that would be that would be a, a coup to get him. But if you're not getting him, we've seen this happen. I mean, Nick fans were you know picketing and rioting outside the garden, and then they hired Phil Jackson, and everybody loved that move. Until it didn't work. I mean, he's brought in really good basketball minds, Donnie Walsh, but he didn't let him see it through. Uh, You know, even Isaiah Thomas was believed to be a really good hire at the time. He knew basketball. He won on those bad boy Pistons. He's a top 50 player of all time. That didn't work. So if you're not getting Messiah Jerry, the question really is, is who is, A, who's coming here to work for Dolan, and B, you're going to have to make a splash if it's not going to be one of those guys. And Nick fans, are, we're just going to see this recurring pattern over and over and over again. And it, to me, again, it's not the fact that Dolan doesn't spend money. It's not that he doesn't even want to stay That's out of it. That's one thing I can't He did stay for. out of the Phil thing, but the Phil's ended up money. being such a debacle that he had to eventually step back in. So it was a kind of a damned if I do, you damned if you don't. From his side, he's like, listen, I, you, you said stay out of the way and hire a great basketball mind, and well, I did. Here's the thing. It's it's the owner is just fucking terrible, but you can't control that because he's gonna sell the team. It's just like when you step in, you're really gonna step in four days after the draft when you draft Frank Nilakina over the guy who, by all reports, at all of the basketball minds in the Knicks wanted in a Donovan Mitchell. Right. You know what I mean? Like it's just every single thing is the worst situation, and there's no continuity. So to this at this point to that you know at this point in the season to to your argument is if you get rid of uh, of David Fisdale now. No, it's not going to do. It's nothing. It's nothing. So then it comes down to you're going to let this general manager pick the next head coach after he's already picked exactly two other head coaches that haven't worked out. I think we need to clean house completely. So so then you're going to you're you're going to get rid of him and you're going to bring in a new GM who gets to pick his head coach. But now the problem is is they're not tied to R.J. Barrett, Kevin Knox, or Frank Nielkina. So now just like you see in football sometimes is all these different executives and head, new head coaches come in that don't have any allegiance to the young draft picks you just made. So they're not going to have you know any kind of well honestly it's not even really worth talking about because you're damned if you do damned if you don't and the Knicks are in that situation right now to where it's such a fucking joke that no matter what move you make most likely it's not gonna work but I understand what you're saying but I think Knox is a talented enough player where he can figure it out with proper coaching and everything and I think RJ Barrett you have to bring in a guy and I guess that's the point is if you're if you're Steve Mills, you're bringing in a coach to say, hey, you have to get these guys better. And your job is to make these guys better. But if Mills gets fired and a new GM comes in, you'd hope that they would say, listen, we really like Knox. We really like Barrett. But he could just be like, hey, listen, I like these guys, but I might like I might like them more as assets because I have a certain identity that I want. And I want my new head coach to have this Here's identity my thing, too. Uh, I'm all for whatever because this shit ain't working. Right. So, and that's the crazy part. Like people talk about, like, oh, well, what if R.J. Barrett isn't here long term, or if, I mean, we saw what happened with Porzingis. I mean, he went from the savior of the franchise to I'm not playing for you, and if you don't trade me in 48 hours, I'm I'm holding out. And those are the kind of things that you can't afford to have. So. When people talk about, oh, what's the what's the worst that can happen? To me, there is none. The worst that can happen is another really good lottery draft pick with promise doesn't work out. That's only been the case. You have to get the guys in here that believe in a certain program, institution, and feel around the organization and have to work with what Dolan gives them, which is a lot of money and resources. So far, those resources just have not been allocated the right way. 
I just wish he didn't like basketball. He clearly doesn't like hockey. Cause no, he stays dude, the fuck he's, out of he, it. All indications, and everybody says this, he's much more involved. The problem is the two sports are so different. Hockey is like baseball for the most part. All, player, all the good free agents want to do is go somewhere where they're going to have a chance to win and be on national TV a lot and, you know, like, where do I want to go have fun playing hockey? You know, Madison Square Garden in New York City is always going to be attractive because the Rangers are a good organization. They do things the right way, and that's a place that players are going to play. In basketball, it's about so much more than that. I agree with you. And but so it's when like, the Knicks are, when Madison Square Garden and the New York can, Knicks are not enough, my only thing there's is no that selling you point. just said all these great things about the Rangers, good organization, and I, I can't agree with you more. It's just. Is it crazy to believe that, that the same guy that owns that great organization owns the Knicks? No, it's crazy. But the, again, the two the two kind of players want totally different things. A, a great hockey player who's up for free agency and goes to the Garden is going to say, "Okay, I have an owner who spends money. I have a good and, coach. I have a GM is that he stays the fuck out of it, and I have a chance to play." No, no, no. Dolan's very. In, in, he was he was big time on the hiring of Quinn. He was big time in the But then in the when he hired him, the other players, he stayed out of the way. And and I understand that he stayed out of the way until he fired Phil but, 4 days after but the But he didn't hire Fisdale. He had nothing to do with that. That was all that was all the Steve Mills and um what's the other guy there that they brought in from Orlando uh, or uh, Oklahoma City rather. Either way, Scott Perry. Yeah, that's it. So either way, it's it's just what's different. And so in hockey and in baseball, it's okay. What's a good situation? Where do I just want to go? Play? I agree with you, but you nonetheless, know, it's still a shit show. It a, starts like, from the top down. People are going to want to go to the Dodgers, whether the Dodgers suck or the Dodgers are great. People are going to go want want to go to the Yankees because whether the Yankees are great or whether the Yankees are terrible, because it's the New York Yankees, it's the Los Angeles Dodgers. You're going to get play. Or it's the same with Boston and Chicago. We know that in the NBA, it's what are you going to do for me as far as my marketability? How am I going to be? My best self. What are business ventures you you're interested in? How can I you know use I this as a platform? You, and no one has nothing to sell those guys. To get back to to get back to the task at hand, the Knicks are just an absolute shit show. And I think honestly, if they get rid of Fizdale now, it's a mistake because they're just they're letting the same guy that hired him hire the next guy, and you're just running it back. I think that you need to play this season out. Clearly, it's not going to be a good one. We're not off to a good start. And then you need to clean house. If you can go get a Masai Ujiri, I mean, I would be over the moon. For wh- for the first time since probably they got mellow, I would be, like, happy. No, and, and that's the thing, is you would get a guy who you actually believe in. Yeah. That you would get a guy who you Proven. know is and going to do the right things. And he won't and he's got enough of a resume to where and it's a recent resume, unlike Phil, where he can and he's actually a front office guy, unlike Phil, where he could probably tell Dolan to fuck yeah, off. It was like when the Islanders off. brought in Lou Amarillo, who's this, you know, GM guru who's won everywhere he's been. So it doesn't matter if they don't re sign a guy like Tavares. Yeah, you let him go, that sucks, but you believe yep. that he's gonna make the decisions to make your team better for the long haul, and and he has that's a, that's a playoff team this year. So at the end of the day, it's the same old problems. If you fire him, you're making him the scapegoat, and that doesn't look good. But the pro- and, and I want to get on to going around the league, but you know who cares if you fire him? If you like, you're still gonna suck. You're still in the same situation whether you fire him or not. So you might as well see what this guy can do. Maybe they'll turn things around. Maybe he'll start coaching up the young guys after they lose a few more games and they can give up on this five power forward fucking lineup that they want to hey, go I'll with. tell you this right now. If the Nets decided to fire Kenny Atkinson into year two, 
when that team was losing every game that they played, we would never know what he is now. You know, mm-hmm. like most good coaches who go to bad situations, because let's be honest, a lot of good situations, those coaching jobs don't become open. The only thing that kills me in the differences between the two is that Kenny Atkinson was always coaching the guys up. They were always playing hard for him. The yeah, t- but I would say... The problem say, is is that the talent level obviously wasn't there for him, and they weren't able to get more talent because they didn't even have any lottery picks or any money, which really sucks. Um, well, they just the knew problem, nobody was going to go there. Yeah, so the, problem with, the problem I have with Fizdale is the in-game coaching. I don't like the plays that he draws up, and I don't like the rotations that he goes with. Period. No, and that's fair. And again, that comes down to the age-old question of, is that bad coaching, or is that, hey, listen, you're telling me that I need to win to save my job, and in 10 games in, I'm trying to figure out what's going to work because I have six guys who play the same position, and I'm trying to work it out. I mean, even the good teams. I mean, listen, Utah's not been off to the best of starts. So Phoenix has lost some games. Or, um, I'm sorry, uh, Utah's lost some games, and uh, Denver's lost some games. We expect them to be much better. I mean, the Nets, again, we think are going to be a good team, and their rotations have really struggled. They put Kurox on the floor, and, they, and, and that fucks everything up, and then you bring in a Garrett Temple, and he's supposed to be better, but if he has a bad game. It looks like you don't know what you're doing. I don't blame him that much for when you have so much... Again, this team was put together so poorly because you have so many guys who are going to demand minutes who play the same position. So I don't really know how you're supposed to figure out a rotation when Morris is telling you, I need to play, and Porter is saying, I need to play, and Knox is saying, I need to play, and Taj Gibson is needs to play because again I'm I'm more upset with the the in-game stuff and the yeah. rotations we can throw that out the window due to the fact that it was terribly built although I'm still upset And about it that. is only a few but games But watching the plays he draws up those are absolute jokes too and that has nothing to do with the front no, office. No, cuz we saw that game. last year. Yeah, no. Mm-hmm. The the way he draws up plays are terrible and on, that's going back to the Brooklyn Nets game where he has Julius Randle finishing off the game yeah, dribbling the ball can't off score in the last 3 minutes with yeah. double team. So, all in all, I don't think Fizdale's the answer. I've seen enough. I don't think he's the head coach of the future. But again, if you fire him, what does that do for you? He's a scapegoat. Right. And Mills will do that just to keep his job. I'm not happy about it. But again, this is a fucking debacle no matter what. I... Personally, I'd like to play the year out and then clean house before free agency in the draft so they can get a new regime in there. Yeah, because you can't do it, you know, halfway through. You got to just you just got to do it as soon as you and do. you can't do it after fucking free agency and you can't do it a week before the draft when this new guy doesn't have anything to prepare for right after the season's over. You clean house, period. Mm-hmm. You have plenty of time to prepare for the draft. You have plenty of time to prepare for free agency. It's just, again, one of those things where it's like if you thought that he was bad at drawing up plays and you thought that he was bad at developing players and you thought that he was bad at coming up with rotations and making in-game adjustments, we have enough of a, of a record of him to know that he's either good at that or he's not. Nothing this year was going to change it, especially only 10 games in. So uh, to your point, scapegoat, what's... What what did you not know? Well, that, it's like a, it's like a it's like a it's like a NFL head coach that gets fired two games in. There's a difference between what they should do and what they're gonna do, my friend. And that's why I'm a, I'm a fucking terrible Knicks fan, and that's why I'm a very very angry sports feelings are. Sports feelings are yes. So let's move on to some around the league stuff. Gordon Hayward fractured his hand, I believe. That's a tough injury to have when you're a basketball player. Um, and the Celtics have been playing so well, too. And, yeah, they're atop the league. I think they're 8-2. and two or, so, or They definitely have the best record in the Eastern Conference. They've been playing really well. Um, and Hayward was starting to look like himself again. And, and it's tough to see him go and, and be out for, I think, it's a six-week injury-ish. Mm-hmm. I think he'll be fine when he comes back. 
But, I mean, again, I, I think the Celtics are going to be fine. Um, I, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, I, I really am interested to see how they are without him because he had been playing really well. And, and he was and generating the all player he was in Utah, yeah. That's a, that's a really tough loss to see. I I think they're going to be fine in the long run, like I said, but I think between now and when he comes back, they're going to go on a little bit of a slide. Yeah, we got to see if they can just tread water. Yeah, absolutely. So another story we got going throughout the NBA, we do have a Middleton going to be out several weeks. Um, what did he hurt? Chris Middleton had a leg injury. He's going to miss several weeks. and That's tough because you know what? The Bucks are really slim. Chris Middleton's such an interesting guy. Like, He's the epitome of, oh, he's just not worth max money, but I have to give it to him. Yeah. And he is what he is, which is like the second or third player on a really good team. And he's the second best player on a really good playoff team, and he's the third best player but on a championship team. But they rely on him team. a lot. Yeah, and that's the crazy part. So when he, if he's going out, I mean, again, they're going to win their share of games in the regular season. I'm interested to just see again with them is – is, is this an injury that's nagging, or is he going to come back and just be what they need from him again? Because I don't think, when you have Giannis, I, who I think is already on pace to win his second straight MVP, I mean, he is as good as it gets. He's, He's gotten better. better, which is scarier, um, especially with him hitting a couple of open threes the other night. Like That's like, if he's doing that, even if he does that at 35%, 33%. 35, you take that. Even if he does that at 28%, it's over. Yeah. yeah, if he's even a threat. Yeah. You know, it's like Simmons yeah. with a jump shot. Just but, keep him honest. Right, so... Uh, they'll they'll steamroll their way th- through you know other teams. I just want to see from this is this going to be a, a nagging injury and a recurring injury that they're going to have to monitor. If Eric Bledsoe is your second best player, you're in deep shit. Yep. When it comes and in the to regular season, we saw it last year. He has no problem doing it. This is not a team where unless it's Giannis, I don't worry about any of their regular season injuries. No, or problems. we're talking playoffs. I just want to see is this a team that can figure shit out in the postseason and and. You know, can Giannis take that next step to being not even better as a player, just, you know... Carrying a team. Yeah, uh, uh, and he had his first taste of it last year, and and we all believe that they're going to at least be in the Eastern Final, so... Yeah, absolutely. I think we both had him pick, but I do think honestly Philly's the better team. This Did year. you? Oh, me too. Yep. And they're they had Ben Simmons out for a couple of days with a shoulder injury, and all indications are that he's fine. And again, that's a team I don't worry. Those kind of teams I don't worry about. Like when Hayward gets hurt with a th- with a hand, I'm like, okay, let's see, because they have been playing so good. And that he's been a can huge they go part. on a slide? You know, if Lavert's thumb is something that keeps him out for a couple weeks, like that's an injury that they might not be able to sustain I mean we saw last year I mean he was out and they went on a run but you know that's fluky that doesn't happen all that often and that was after they lost like eight straight games so for teams of that aren't the Bucks and the Sixers I do kind of question the injuries especially the prolonged ones we'll see what ends up happening did you see this Dion Waiters story of course I did and I wanted to save that for one of the last things we talked about with the NBA listen I have to say given it all I appreciate the fact that he didn't snitch because snitches get stitches. Yeah, good job by him, I guess. Bad job by him for 99.9% bad job, 0.1% great job by him not snitching. uh, All the respect I lost for him being a complete idiot, most of it was gained back by him not snitching. All right, well, that's a quick swing of emotion by you. Yeah, no, when when I heard he wasn't going to snitch, I was like, Still a stand-up guy. Still a stand-up guy. <laughs> well, the story was was that he took a gummy, um, obviously not a melatonin gummy or a um, gummy bear. It was probably a marijuana Oh, you're gummy. saying it's a THC? A marijuana yeah. gummy. Um, 
Probably something you shouldn't be doing in season. I don't know how he got... How did he get caught? Did he fail a drug test? No, or? dude. He had a stomach ache and had a panic attack Ugh. on the plane. So the he took one trying to make his stomach feel better. Now, I've never had an edible. Truth be told, I've never even smoked. But wow. I do know that... You don't do that on an upset stomach, like those, like it doesn't really work out all no, that well. I have had my fair share, and to be honest, it, um, uh, some people swear by it when they fly. Me, I would no, be, but it wasn't like a stomach. It was like a stomach ache, like not from flying. Like, well, yeah, and first of all, the first thing I'm gonna go to when I'm tired or when I'm hung- when I'm not hungry and I want to be hungry because I haven't eaten in a while. If I'm on like. Some other type of drug or whatever. Yeah, that would be. What my we're taking go-to. from this is you're a drug lord. You're, you're the drugs are. That's no. <laughs> that would be my go-to. Um, but if I'm having a stomach ache, would I smoke? Yes. Would I take a gummy that I don't really know what it's going to do to me? As not to mention going on a flight. No, I would not do that. Yeah. So apparently, it unlocked a lot of anxieties, and he had of a full-blown panic attack. And um, disrupted the whole flight to L.A., so he got a 10-game suspension. And I thought it was just awesome because, like, you could so give me a, a list of players. Suspension. He admitted to basically taking um, a banned substance in the league. Did he? Did he get a suspension on top of that from the league for basically like? I mean, if they. I just the saw the headline that he failed. was suspended for 10 games. I think the Heat did that personally. Um, this is more funny than anything else. I think it's just because, like, you. If I were to give you a list of players in the NBA, and I won't throw any else out there because they haven't been proven of anything, and I don't want to do that to them, but if I were to just give you a list of random NBA players, I'm like, hey, this guy had a panic attack on a flight from taking the THC gummy. Like, what would you who would you be surprised? My number one draft pick, probably Dion Waiters. Oh, wait, trying d- to think wait, of like Waiters would three. be one where it's like, yeah, that just makes sense. I'm trying to think of a top three. Most of the guys are out of the league. I would have been like, oh, Steven Jackson or something, but M- Matt Barnes, but Swaggy those guys P. Are already, yeah, Swaggy P. Those guys are already out of the league. So I, I, I guess would say I would, KCP. Oh well, yeah, probably KCP as well, who has looked terrible, by the way. Of uh, course he shocker. has. But yeah, there's a there's Dion a Waiters, my sure. number one. Draft. Yeah, he's up there. Yeah, he's the ultimate heat check, and he's the ultimate uh, panic attack from uh, from a from a gummy edible. So either way, that was a great story. Um, give me your top three teams in the East and your top three teams in the West, real fast. Well, with that Hayward injury, that throws quite a wrinkle into it for me. But you can still um, put him three. Yeah, I guess I could put him three. My number one team is obviously the 76ers. And my number two team right now, with Middleton being out and just not really liking the Bucks' roster construction, Toronto. Because Pascal yeah. Siakam has taken a major step forward. Yeah, he has. Uh, and I'm, I'm not going to forecast what go- happens going forward. I'm only going to go based off of what's happened so far. And I'm going to say that uh, Philadelphia... Toronto and Milwaukee are the top three teams in this in this conference. I have been very impressed with Toronto. I mean, we expected them to still be playoff teams. At least I, I know that I wasn't ready to we knock them off. This, but though. I didn't expect this. I, I think mean, Siakam, I like a or Siakam is just taking that next level, and he's saying, "I know I can be Kawhi." Now Lowry's hurt Kawhi. too. Was that Lowry is hurt? Lowry's well. banged up too. So Your finger as well. Um, you know, and but I see Van Fleet. I mean, he's taking his game to the next level. He looks really good. Um. Gasol's still good. Uh, this team is just good. Oh, and, and OG Ananobi. Ananobi. I was just going to say it's good to have him back. 
this team is just solid, and Nick Nurse is a great coach. I mean, it's just I shouldn't be surprised. I think we just why can't the Knicks go out and discover fucking coaches like this? He coached in the D League for Christ's sakes. Yeah, and a lot of the good coaches they come from those kind of situations. Not many of them are are you know on their second or third teams. No, not at all. They usually get locked in by the first one. So those are our top three teams in the East. We haven't really talked West basketball that much, but why don't we go ahead and give a top three teams in the Western Conference? I'll tell you right now, the Lakers look fucking amazing. They're locked in defensively, man. I'm not going to get too ahead of myself with the Dwight Howard thing. No. But he's been playing really well. He's That's been playing all I'm great. Say. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say the Lakers right there. I'm going to put, um, obviously, the Clippers are still there. Even with the load management, the Clippers are there. Yeah. And the third team for me is the Denver Nuggets. Yeah, Jokic the Denver is Nuggets are like really an good. MVP, and he was my MVP. I'll tell you this: this is this sounds stupid, but I'm only going off the ten games. I'm putting Phoenix close. They're <laughs> I was really gonna say good, it, but and I not just by what they did me. to the Nets. The Nets are not a great team, but they whooped up on the 76ers. And this is last without week. DeAndre Ayton. Yeah, who's another I mean, guy? Who's another big candidate for weed for me too? Mm-hmm. He's another number one draft pick. Yeah, that's right for the so, weed guy. So. I, I like I, I like the fact that this team is playing really good basketball. They are fun. I think they could be sneaky um, because, you know what, they're going to play hard, and they, and they have shooting. I mean, Aaron Baines is knocking down threes left and right. Kelly Oubre, as you said, is taking his game to the next level. Uh, you obviously have Devin Booker, who's a stud. Uh, this team is not Sarge bad. Is looking nice. <laughs> this team is really not bad. Well, it's about time because they've always had talent down there. They've just been a joke of a franchise. And Alvin Gentry, the head coach down there, he's a head coach, right? Oh yeah, I believe he's doing a good job. Doing a really I good job. I have to say, uh, early coach of the year candidate. Yeah, I mean, again, just going off of what I've seen, uh, Utah looks like they're starting to figure shit out a little bit more. Well, Conley needs to figure his. But shit I out. give, I give the late, and again, I think that's just another player getting used to playing with other guys mm-hmm. and there are new faces on that team that weren't there last year and you know is Donovan Mitchell the alpha is Conley taking some big shots Donovan Mitchell's the alpha but uh, Conley agreed but you Conley's know you have Rudy Gobert you you have pe- you have pieces who um you know are all trying to fit and in the NBA you got one of the Bogdanoviches there now mm-hmm. yeah Bo- Bo- Bogey one of them yeah one of them, so whatever. you're trying to you know you're trying to make all of these things work and early in the season I mean it's not a foregone conclusion that these guys. I mean, I think the ultimate uh, example was the Heat, right? The Heat that first year. I mean, they ended up going to Game Six of the Finals, but really, even into February, they just hadn't been great. There were a lot of like, who's taking the shot when, and who's doing this, and how are these like ancillary pieces fitting? And you know, when you're a team like the Nets, or you're a team like the Sixers, or uh, not the Sixers, the uh, the Jazz, and even a, uh, even a team you know to a lesser degree like the Clippers, you know, you're, it's gonna take a couple weeks to really figure out how to play together. Absolutely, man. All right, so let's move on to some MLB. Bleacher Report just came down with this one: Yankees to pursue top starters. No shit. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> Took the words right out of my mouth. They fucking better. That's what I have to say. Yeah, we've had, our, we've had our talk about this. And we'll wait for the hot stove to heat up a little bit. Yeah. and, and But and they have signed, speaking of pitching, a new pitching coach. Well done. Yes. I they, don't know a goddamn thing about this guy, and I haven't done any research on it, me being the diligent CEO that I am. Yeah, so the, I'll give you the floor, Sean. Oh, well, I appreciate that. It's basically, the diligent CEO decided, eh, I don't need to do this. I'll let Sean take uh, care of it. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'll let, you know, I'm, t- I'm going to decide that I want to just talk about people's feelings for the first hour instead of going on and learning facts. But, yeah. Bizarre. This, not as are. Um, 
about anything. But yeah, um, the Yankees hired Matt Blake as their pitching coach. And to be perfectly honest, I didn't know anything about him either. So the first thing I did was look at the current job that he was holding as a pitching coordinator uh, in the Cleveland Indians organization. And the immediate thing to me that I said was, okay, I like this. The next thing was was he was in charge of developing pitching, starting pitching predominantly. Now, I don't know if you know this, but the Cleveland Indians have had a really nice run of developing starting pitchers and not just developing them, but getting them to the next stages. I mean, Trevor Bauer went from, okay, he's got good stuff and he's kind of a lunatic to this guy is winning 16, 17, 18 games every year. Shane Bieber is going to finish in the American League Cy Young finalist this year. Obviously, you have Kluber and Carrasco were before that. But now you have Mike Clevenger, who went from kind of like fifth starter, fourth starter, to I think he was up there in league wins as well. Adam Cavalli, um, Plesak. I mean, these these are all pitchers who just had really nice years, and they get better every year. So that's exciting to me as – a fan of a team that does not develop starting pitching. And once they do, sometimes they can be flashes in the pan. I mean, I think we both are still on the Severino train. He, he had a rough year injury-wise, not performance-wise. But I don't want to see him and look back and say, oh, yeah, remember when he was the dominant pitcher in 17 and that was kind of in the first half of 18? This is a guy that needs to put together a string of five or six years where he's a top five starter in the league because he has that kind of stuff. We see Domingo Herman. You know, we'll see what happens with the legal stuff. But suspended. Oh, 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 no, he'll be suspended. I just want to see for how long. But for certain, I mean, he's a guy that was one of our be- with the Yankees' best pitchers this year. And again, I don't want to see him max out. We saw Paxton take that next step. You can also develop guys that you're getting from other organizations, and I think that was the problem. What we were we complaining about? You know, you get a Michael Pineda. He never got better. You bring in a Nathan Navaldi, He never got better. Um, you know, obviously Sonny Gray never got better. And I do think Rothschild was really good for certain guys. I mean, he was the one who helped turn around Paxton's year and said, you got to start throwing your curveball more. But, you know, Hap had a really disappointing year this year. He reinvented CeCe. That was great. But obviously the Sonny Gray thing was a debacle. So I'm looking forward to seeing a guy whose job has been to develop starting pitchers and take them to the – it's not like, you know, Clevenger and Poisak and Cavalli and uh, Bieber just came up and were, you know – lightning rods these guys got better every single year of their development to the point where they're top starters and you know you're gonna have even if they sign a Cole or a Strasburg or they go out and they acquire a top starting pitcher too you're gonna you're still gonna rely on Montgomery at some point and you're going to rely on Severino to get back to his form. And you're going to rely on Herman whenever he comes back. And you're going to rely on Paxton. I mean, these are guys. And down in the farm, you've got a Davey Garcia. You've got a Clark Schmidt. You have a Michael King. These are guys that you are counting on because you wouldn't trade them to be valuable assets going forward. So you're bringing in a guy who is an analytic stream. He went to Harvard. Um the first thing Trevor Bauer did was tweet out, he's like, the Yankees just got the smartest pitching mind I've ever seen. You know, Trevor Bauer's a nutcase, but it's not because of his pitching. So <laughs> that's something that was very exciting to me. How do, uh, Now, you know, after hearing all that, how do you feel? I mean, you've got to feel excited. Who knows, again, how much I, a pitching coach matters, but I really do think that I, this is a kind of higher I'm extremely cool. excited. I'm giddy about it after all that you, that you just described because what I'm hoping is that the Yankees are – kind of a Pittsburgh Pirates of the mid-2000s to late two, the late 2000s or more recent times, the Houston Astros, where they go out and they get 
you know, a, a Verlander and, and he gets so much better. Or they go out and get a guy like Charlie Morton where they turn him into an ace-type pitcher. Even Garrett Cole, who's always been really talented, figured it out under him. And a bunch of other and a bunch of other uh, pitchers. So I, I, I'm really excited about it because I think that this guy can turn, you know, B-plus, B-starters into A-minuses. And that's what you want. That's what you want because... You're not always going to be able to go out to the starters market and get the best pitchers. I mean, Cole could easily just say, I want to go to the West Coast, and the Yankees can offer me everything, and I don't want to go here. And Strasburg could say the same or, you know, choose to re-upt in Washington. And, you know, maybe certain pitchers are not available on the trade market, and you're still a team that's expected to win. And you go into a season with a top rotation of presumably a healthy Severino and a Tanaka and a Paxton leading the way, and you've got a Montgomery, and you've got a Debbie Garcia who might be on the horizon, and, and Herman when he comes back, and Jay Happ still. So you're going to have to figure out a way to make these guys better or bring up another great young pitcher and have a success of a Shane Bieber or Mike Clevenger. I would love to see a guy who you know the was a fourth starter for the Yankees or a guy like... I don't know, even if you see somebody like a Montgomery who has had good moments, and I know he he doesn't have the arm as some of these other guys, but I'd love to see a guy like that just come up and all of a sudden be a 16 or 17 game winner. Like, that would be wonderful or improve every year. And we just, yeah, as Yankee fans, have not had that. Or you go out and get a guy like... Um, I don't know. Let's say you go out and get a guy like a Garrett Cole who hasn't quite harnessed everything yet, and all of a sudden, under you, he becomes a Cy Young winner. Like that would be nice. The Yankees have had those kind of moves more than nice, that man. just haven't turned out to be what they thought they were going to get out of those guys, whether it was from injury or just lack of consistency. This guy is used to working with a lot of pitchers, is used to working with a lot of brilliant minds, and is a new age analytics guru who focuses on spin rate and all of those other metrics and shit that was way above my pay grade of knowledge but I'm looking forward to seeing what well. he does you're doing well I think so I am very bright great I'm job. looking forward to see what happens great job breaking that down I'm excited to see what happens as well alright so it's award season individual award season so far we got the rookie of the year and we got the gold glove winners we don't really have to talk silver about sluggers. the gold glove winners silver sluggers we but Mayhew really... got one good for him deserved good job by you buddy um, rookie of the year, Alvarez on the Houston Astros won, and Pete Alonso on the Mets won. Down, I think you and I both had uh, Tatis on one side and Eloy Jimenez winning on the other side. Tatis was hurt all year, and Jimenez just didn't have that great of a year. You know, Jimenez got off to a great start, got hurt, didn't do much after that. We didn't know who Jordan Alvarez was, and he didn't come up till June. And he still tore it up. And had just an amazing year. He won unanimously, as did Alonzo. That's given. I'm going to say this. I would have never picked him because, A, I didn't know. I I will give the Mets credit for this, and I know you could look at it the other way too, and even I could of calling him up opening day. If they had waited 12 more days, they would have gotten another year of service time. But you know what? Fuck that shit. For a team like the Mets, you need to do something sometimes a little unorthodox. And I know they do that quite often and it doesn't always work. But with your own players who you know are major league ready, bring them the fuck up. He helped win them a lot of games this year. He set the rookie record for home runs, beating Aaron Judge's 2017 mark. He was 
he captivated the city, and it was a sh- it was a shame that the the team wasn't good enough. I mean, could you imagine if they had a year like the seventeen Yankees had, and he's hitting these bit, and he is having chances to hit bombs in the postseason, and uh, getting a national spotlight? Uh, hopefully, for their sake, that that's going to be the trend going forward. But he was a fucking fun watch this year, man. He really was. I think he won the home run derby. A guy that you um, you look at and say we can feel really good about this guy for the next you know however long. Yeah, I mean, this unanimous for the both of them. It was a down year for rookies in general, but these two guys had amazing years, especially Alonzo. Mm-hmm. Not even close. Nope, not even close. So the last piece I want to ask you about real fast is uh, qualifying offer season has started. The players, I still believe, have, I think, another four or five days to accept the qualifying offer, and the Yankees did not even extend one to Didi. So my question is, does that immediately mean he's done? Does that mean that they just knew he he wasn't gonna he was maybe gonna accept it and they didn't want to sign him on a one year? He was deal? gonna accept it because he had a down year. Yeah. And he was probably going to take the deal for the one year and and play with and basically just put it on himself to to yeah, have a. Great and I don't year. think that they want him for a year. I think they want to know is this our fr- is this our future franchise guy? Or I not? think he's gone. I do too, and it's I tough. really do. And I I mean, listen, he was. Solid replacement for Jeter. A couple clutch hits here and there. Obviously great defensively. Turned himself into a, a very good power hitter. Um, I want Lindor. I would too. <laughs> but I think even if you don't get Lindor, nah, there are fine. other options. I mean, things around. You can bring in you know, Freddie Galvis to play some short. He had a nice year. You can bring in a couple of other guys. Jonathan VR. Lindor is most likely, and I read a report today, going to be traded, and the two favorites are the Yankees and the Dodgers. Yeah, that makes sense. Corey Seager's available if Lindor gets traded to the Yeah. Gets traded to the I think that there is still... Yeah, no, you're good. I think there's still a world in which Didi comes back, but I think both sides have to to hash it out. I think it will only be done on the Yankees' terms, and this is a move that I feel like... I will not complain about if he gets five or six years elsewhere and the Yankees weren't going to go past four because, no, this is a kind of player for as much as I love Didi and as Yankee fans love Didi, and I'll give him a little bit more credit than you. I think he was more than a solid replacement for Jeter. I think he was the Tino version. Uh, the only diff uh, for Mattingly, I think the only difference was Tino came into a team and won a couple World Series in his five years. Didi came close twice. They weren't able to get over the hump, and remember that 15 and 16 team were much different than the 96, 97 teams. Oh, absolutely. So, I don't fault him. So for I don't fault him for that. It would have been nice, but I, I just think don't. My thing is like, is he worth it? Yeah, I think he's worth it for your for four years. But I think that you know when you look back on the, I I, don't, I the Yankees got him at the perfect time of his career. They got him when they could develop him and they could turn him from kind of an all glove, no bat shortstop into a top 10 shortstop in baseball but I think also that you could blame this injury this season on his injury but overall you could look back at whoever signs him and say yeah they got they never got what the Yankees got out of him you know yeah absolutely and I mean my thing is this offseason after you see after you saw what the Nationals did and and all that stuff we're going big game hunting this offseason I expect it I really don't see any moves to make that are clear upgrades other than in the starting pitching. Again, and the shortstop position, if they can. Yeah, I mean, I still think that they're the World Series. If, if Houston loses Cole, which they is... They will. Yeah, then they I still think the Yankees him. are the better 
are going to be the favorites over them. I agree with Even you. Even if the Yankees don't get caught. I need a sure thing. I, I need I need them to lock it in. But I, are you going to say that Didi is the reason that they will or will not? Because then no, you still no. have, even if they don't get anybody, you have Glaber at short and LeMahieu at second. No, and I, I don't think, I think I'm indifferent about re-signing Didi or not. I, I just think looking at it from this perspective of will they, I don't think they will. Nope, and my money would be on them not either. Um, but when you, in regard to your big game hunting, I think that's really only on the pitch, starting pitching market. I think that if there is, if they're not going to go for Didi, to me that would not mean that they're going to get a Freddie Galvis or a Jonathan VR. No, and what that, it means I, is I don't they, consider that they big will game trade hunt. for Lindor, or yes. they will say, DJ LeMahieu, we want to give you three more years. Don't worry about playing Rover. You're our second baseman. Glaber, it's your time now. You're our starting shortstop for the next twelve years. And that, that's the other only... Not the worst plan, but I like Glaber better at second, and I like DJ at the, the what you call the rover position. Yeah, and, and that could be what they choose to do. Um, because it, you have an embarrassment of wealth when it comes to position players right yeah, now. Yeah, but I still wouldn't put it past them signing a guy like Alvis or VR just because they love depth. And, you know, those guys were not on great great teams but those are really good players. I mean, they both had their success against the Yankees this year, and they're and they both, both very incredible players. And when Piers we at, had a better career, but Galvis had a career year this past year. And when year we look at a guy like you know Lemayhew, none of us were ecstatic about it. We we're like, oh, he's a very solid player, and he turned into a stud. Should have been an MVP candidate. Yep, but. Uh, it'll be interesting, but I like that Bleacher Report article. I, I'm not surprised by it, but it's always nice to hear Cashman say we're going to talk to those guys. And again, I think that they will not be outbid for either of them. What it will come down to is, do those guys want to be Yankees or not? We assume as Yankee fans and hearing Cece that like everybody would want to, because remember ten years ago, or eleven years ago, it was now. Everybody's like, oh, CC says he's a West Coast guy. He went to the Brewers. He loved hitting in the National League. And then the Yankees offered him the money and said how important it was to them that he come in there. And and he's like, yeah, I wanted to wear that. And, uh, you Let's know, hope not it, everybody's hope built it that way. But, uh, you know, those reports of Cole uh, wants to win. I only want to be in L.A. or I only want to be in San Diego. Like, who fucking knows? You If you throw... Cece had this quote. He goes, "If you throw enough, mo- if you pay that motherfucker enough money, he's gonna want to be here." So absolutely, open it up, open up the purse strings. It hasn't been done since the year of Cece, pretty much. Uh, well, we don't talk about Jacoby Ellsbury. We don't talk about him. You mean the Ellsbury Beltran McCann year and Tanaka year? Actually, you gotta look back. That was probably. I know it didn't work out, but that was the last time they tried to buy mm-hmm. a championship. I mean, they signed McCann to a five-year deal, Beltron to a three, Ellsbury to the seven, Ugh. and then Tanaka to the seven, and they like paid like two hundred and something million for Tanaka, uh, for the posting fee and the seven-year deal combined. I mean, worth it. Yeah, he has been. The other ones, not as much. Beltron's no. now managing the Mets. Best well, I mean, they did get a couple pieces for Beltran, and they got some. Did they get anything from McCann? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, they got the two minor league pitchers from Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So uh, Abreu, one of them, who they believe is going to be a, a stud. So all right, well, that about wraps it up. We talked about Alabama today. We're going to talk about Sean's New York Giants come Wednesday. Tom's going to say that I don't have a right to complain. About no, the you Giants. do about the Giants. The sports star has laid down the hammer. You've won two Super Bowls in the last ten years. You don't get to talk about anything. Well, if you want to put it that way, maybe I'm going to have to think about it. I'll let you guys know on Wednesday. Everybody have a good night.